3: And here we go, Raider Nation, 2 o'clock on the dot. Myself, Vinny Bonsignor, we are live in Arizona at the Arizona Biltmore. It is the site of the 2023 NFL owners' meetings. Been a very active day, been a very active morning, and we're cruising into the afternoon. And I'll tell you this. It's a really nice location, a beautiful location. The weather is awesome, and it's going to probably be very rare that I say the weather somewhere else is better than it is in Vegas, but the weather here is definitely better than it is in Vegas. Right,
4: absolutely. Uh, as uh, Josh McDaniels pointed out to us yeah. uh, this morning, and he's right, it's been cold in Las Vegas. And usually, I was trying to tell him, usually by this time of year, like, right, right am I yeah. wrong?
3: No, you're wrong. You're not wrong. It's yeah. usually
4: barbecue time, by like <laughs> right. two weeks ago. Right, right. hasn't been, but... You know, as, as we as we all said, it's probably going to be 112 next week. So <laughs> exactly. So no, we but should enjoy is, it while we can.
3: We and we will. We definitely will. We will not complain about it. It's not 110, 115 right now in Vegas. But again, we're in Phoenix, Arizona for the owners' meetings. Uh, had an opportunity to talk to Hickos Josh McDaniels a couple times this morning. Vinny, you've actually had an opportunity to talk to McDaniels, Ziegler, and Mark Davis. Yep. So you've done the trifecta, and we'll definitely get into. Uh, you know, what stood out to you from those conversations? But uh, I guess when it comes to Dave Ziegler, the GM, what stood out to you just that you can you can share with us kind of briefly? What stood out to you the most?
4: Yeah, um, I think what stood out is that uh, they, they, they like what they've done in free agency in terms of creating a situation where they don't have to be urgent mm-hmm. in the draft. In ter- and when I say that, um, you know, maybe there's a better way of saying that. Desperate. Right, 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 right. Desperate. Not forced
3: to do something.
4: Because, you know, uh, oh my gosh, you know, uh, you got to have this position uh, taken care of. Look, in spite of what people might think, the Raiders, if there was a game on Sunday, could field a defense that they (laughs) feel is pretty decent, too. It's not, you know, they've filled some holes, uh, they've got enough players, they've got returning players, they've got players that they brought on in free agency, they can field a defense. They can obviously field an offense. We know that. Um, So that allows them to be able to go into this draft saying, okay, um, we're comfortable with where we are uh, in terms of competing right now, obviously need to get better. Right, and the way to get better is by drafting the best player available every single time their turn comes up. They have twelve picks right now, and in doing so, select the best player available without the urgency of having to fill holes right now.
3: And I think that's very important. You know, if you're going to go out and you got the twelve draft picks, like you mentioned, you want to get the best players available at all times because they have so many holes to fill. Again, you don't want to get kind of pigeonholed into I have to, I have to, I have to. So that's a really good, uh, a really good observation. A good point uh, that obviously Dave Ziegler is feeling right now, and of course, we'll get into a lot more of the conversation you have with him and also owner Mark Davis coming up a little bit later on the show. But let me go ahead and jump into the guest that we have coming up on the show today. Very excited about who we have coming up in a matter of minutes. As a matter of fact, kicking off the opening drive, we'll have ESPN's Diana Rossini. She'll join us, and I mean, one of the biggest storylines, Vinny, that's come out of today so far was the. Bombshell that dropped around 7:48. I think everything started this morning around 7:45 when it came to uh, the the coaches talking to us, and then at 7:48, Lamar Jackson puts out a tweet saying he requested a trade on the second, and that kind of stole the headlines for, for for really today so far.
4: Literally within minutes after his coach John Harbaugh started Sat talking, down, and right? To, to paint the scene here um, for for all the listeners, uh, every owners meetings, uh, you know, uh, the spring owners meetings. Uh, reporters get a chance to basically have breakfast and talk uh, to each head coach. So there's a table set up in a ballroom. Today was the AFC coaches. Tomorrow yeah. it's the NFC coaches. So among the AFC coaches, we talked to Josh McDaniels, and right across the way was John Harbaugh. And minutes into his talk, <laughs> here comes a tweet. So right. imagine being the reporters that ding, 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 ding. They're, they're, they're seeing their tweets because I'm sure all of them follow Lamar Jackson. Of course. Hey, coach, by the way, your quarterback just requested a trade. Right. Not requested, but... Basically demand let
3: it, let it be out in, in the public that yeah. he requested a trade. And so, yeah, that that made everything kind of spin on the top, you know, for, uh, for today. That became the biggest headline is Lamar Jackson. So Diana Rossini will join us at about 2.10, kicking off the opening drive to share her thoughts on that, share her thoughts on what the Raiders need to do moving forward, what Josh McDaniels, what Jimmy G brings to the mix, something that we asked Coach McDaniels about. That was one of the big questions I had, Vinny, coming out of uh, – well, actually coming into the owners' meetings, I wanted to know what – the acquisition of Jimmy G meant as far as having to go and get a quarterback and make sure that they draft one i feel like the pressure is not there as much it's still uh, obviously a need but it's not it's not the pressure's not there as much
4: yeah um, especially at number 7 right. i do believe that the raiders are going to draft a quarterback For sure, me in too. this draft yep. but um to your point i don't think that they feel like they have to get one at number 7 but he did make it very clear and so did dave ziegler on the other hand mm-hmm. if our guy is there at number 7 just because we have Jimmy G doesn't mean we would right. take right
3: won't stop him from getting them exactly yeah. so
4: they're not urgent to do it but at the same time if their guys there they're going to jump all over that
3: no, no doubt and that's that's the that's the good i guess flexibility that they have being at 7 and also having the personnel that they have they're able to You know, again, not be forced to, got to get this guy, got to get this guy, got to get this guy. What they are forced to do, Vinny, in my opinion, is get really good players every opportunity they
4: get. Exactly. That's what they should be forced to do. Exactly. Get better. Get players that are going to be able to contribute now and in the future. We all saw, I'm sure, uh, the tweet, I think it was yesterday or the day before from Warren Sharp. Yeah, yeah. Talking about um, the snaps that the Raiders have gotten uh, out of their draft picks since 2020 compared to their league contemporaries. Right. And it's just...
3: And it's it's, it, it's a little it's not really 100% accurate but it is still telling. It's
4: yeah, the, it's still telling. The disparity between them which is what just over 11,000 snaps right. from their draft classes in 2020 and on. Yep. Compared to ninth place, right. or, or excuse me. Well, uh,
3: first place was 90000 yeah, right? And, and their place was last with 11000 so 32nd. 000. So, right.
4: 31st was even there. Was, yeah. I, I want to say when the 30s, thirty thousand, Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, it so big- yeah, it's been really bad. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse around here, but... Q, you and I have been around sports long enough to know how do you win? You win with the best players. Absolutely. Number one, yep. first and foremost, of course you have to coach them up. Of course you have to put them in the right positions. Of course you have to put a system in and have leadership and all that from the coaches and everyone in the organization. But it starts with talent. I've yep. never seen a bad team, <laughs> a lack of talent, a, a team that was not talented <laughs> right. win anything. Right. Of exactly. any consistency.
3: You ain't got to have a team full of Hall of Famers, but damn it, you better have some talent. Exactly. You know, you got to have some talent. So that's a great point uh, that you bring up. Again, Diana Rossini will join us in a matter of minutes. Uh, Coming up at 3 o'clock, a guy that's requested all the time by Raider Nation hits me up all the time. People hit me, hey, man, you got to get Albert Breer on for Monday Morning Quarterback on SI. You got to have him on. Done. He's here. That's the beauty of being here, right? There's, there's just so many people Everybody's that are here. here. Exactly. So uh, the opportunity to just grab someone walking by and be like, hey, hey, hey just give me a couple minutes, and then whatever's whatever uh, is all good. So uh, as requested, Albert Breer will join us uh, at three o'clock. Then at three uh, thirty, not only did we talk to Coach Josh McDaniels when everything was supposed to get started around seven forty-five, and he's give us what thirty good minutes. Yeah. Thirty good minutes that was uh, streamed on uh, Raiders.com. It was also heard on the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920. But then, right after that, immediately afterwards, we went outside and got another 15 minutes with them. So that will be heard at 3:30. That, that extra 15 minutes that uh, nobody heard—that's that's the stuff that you'll hear coming up at 3:30. Again, I was very uh, glad that we were able to get his original presser on on the morning tailgate this morning with uh, Heidi and, and Clay, as you were sitting right next to me, <laughs> yeah. in, in the in, in the in the media room or having breakfast with with uh, Coach McDaniels, even though none of us had breakfast, but we were all there. Interesting comments in the second interview. Very. With Jalen about Jalen Carter. Very interesting. Nice little tease right there. That's coming up at 3.30. You'll hear that. Then at 4 o'clock, we will pivot. Coach Scott Spinelli, part of the Believe Podcast Network, uh, former coach in the NCAA, is going to join us just to talk about the uh, March Madness in the Final Four. The Final Four is set. Uh, they're headed to Houston. Our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas and, and uh, Steve Cofield will be live in Houston, uh, bringing us all the all the sights and sounds from the Final Four. But we'll talk to Coach Scott Spinelli about how he arrived at the Final Four and who he believes is going to win the championship in a, in a in a, in a bracket now that doesn't have any blue bloods whatsoever, so you never know. And I'm sure somewhere Ed Graney has got a smile on his face about his uh, San Diego State Aztecs still rolling on.
4: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I like it, and I'll tell you why. I do, too. I think it's great. Um, and, and I felt like this um, initially, and, and some of my friends were like, you're wrong. It's not going to be that way. But I think the transfer portal oh, yeah. helps the, the, the lower-level teams. Yep. And we're seeing that. I think both Miami, I know San Diego State benefited from, uh, you know, the transfer portal. So, hey, if it it allows a year like this where some of the mid-majors or whatever you want to determine these teams as, um, I think it's great. By the way, Mark Davis had a big smile on his face talking about, you know, one of those finals was in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was over also at the uh, Taylor Swift concert at his place. Right, right. Yeah, the boxing, there was a – everything was going on uh, over the weekend. And, And, you know, I know it hasn't quite worked out on the field yet for the Raiders. He's determined, and as are everybody in that building, to get it right. Right. But there's a little bit of pride for him when he sees a weekend like that in Las Vegas, be. because he helped yep. kind of spur all of this. Hey, how are you doing, man? He spurred all, helped spur all of this yep. by being, you know, among the first, the big leagues. I know. The NHL is, a, is is great and all that. Hockey is uh, – I'm, I'm all about hockey. But the NFL is king. Right. And for the NFL to come to Las Vegas and lead the way with a, a huge arena that can have those types of um, events and then also tell the rest of the world it's okay to have sporting events in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, it really opened up a door. It was a game
3: changer, exactly. It was definitely a game changer. So uh, yeah, man, that was a, that was a hell of a weekend Ooh. in Las Vegas. And I uh, saw some really good action. And like I said, San Diego State still rolling on. Uh, man, they're in the Final Four. Uh, you know, FAU. It just it's it's unbelievable. So we'll Miami, pause. yeah, exactly. Miami knocked Florida off UT. Man, now. I mean, they, there was it was it was a good weekend of hoops, that's for sure. As I was driving down here to to Phoenix uh, yesterday. I was listening to the, the games, all the action, and man, it was it was some really good stuff. So, uh, excited to talk to Coach Scott Spinelli coming up at 4 o'clock. Nice. We'll talk all things Final Four. Then at 4.30, our good friend Ari Mayroff from the 33rdteam.com. He'll join the show and we'll continue to talk what he's hearing here at the uh, the owners' meetings, talk some more Lamar Jackson with them. talk some Raiders with them. We'll talk just a scatter shoot with them as we always do anytime he joins the show. So, that's the lineup that we have for you, lined up for you right now. You never know what could yeah. happen in between now and then. Someone could randomly walk by we have the headset set up we're ready to rock and roll so uh we could just give them the headset and and, and they could hop on just like that so diana Russinio in a matter of seconds albert breer monday morning quarterback at three coach scott spinelli at four Ari Mayrov at 4 30 then you'll hear from coach uh joshua daniels at three thirty. a little outside media scrum that he had uh following his initial media scrum this morning here at the arizona biltmore so with all that being said let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive
4: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
3: So as we jump into the opening drive, we swap out Vinny for Diana Rossini, and that's okay, I'm all right with that. (laughs) Vinny's about to make a move real quick to go uh, follow a story, and that's all good. And Diana Rossini from ESPN joins us right now at the table. It's always great to catch up with Diana. And how are you doing today?
0: Oh, you know it's always so interesting I find it so funny people don't realize that you know when when we talk to to, to head coaches in the morning it's around the it's it's these round table breakfasts and everyone's tired nobody wants to <laughs> first of all nobody wants to see the media right. especially head coaches ever but then have to start their day right seeing the media and uh, I always enjoy after about fifteen minutes of Everyone getting whatever angle that they're looking for. You know, we're all talking free agency and draft and in the upcoming uh, season. You start to run out of topics, right? right so right, right. Uh, I was listening into a couple uh, different coaches talk, and at one point they were talking about their favorite meals to get with, um, you know, some of their draft prospects, and I'm like, "All right, this is getting awkward now. Like, we're getting to a point where we're asking some weird questions." So, uh, otherwise, you know, being back in Arizona, I was here a month and a half ago for the Super Bowl. I right. can't believe I'm back. So, uh, it's good to be here.
3: I was thinking the same thing as I was driving into Phoenix. I was like, "I just made this just drive. Just Did this. <laughs> right. I was just
0: at this airport that." Uh, giving it a B minus right now.
3: I'm telling you, I believe me, I'm right there with you with the whole city, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all right with that. So while we're talking to the coaches this morning, all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson puts out the tweet that he asked for a trade on the 2nd of March. And that was literally during the time we were talking to the coaches. So I didn't get it for about an hour after that. what did you make of that?
0: Well, I I think you got to paint the whole picture of, you know, Coach Harbaugh sits down at 7:45 uh, local time here, and 7:48 a tweet goes out from Lamar Jackson, right? right? So, um, to me, that that just that that reeks of placed uh, tweets. Uh, right. that, that was intentional, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, because what that does is it it, it it sends a message to the Ravens. I'm not messing around because now coach is put in a position where you know we're all on our phones. We see the tweet, and we're going to ask the questions. Right. And and look, obviously, coach knew that Lamar had asked for a trade back in early March, so. It wasn't a hard question for him to answer, but bottom line, what that tells you is Lamar Jackson no longer wants to be a Baltimore Raven, right? right? Because we knew a trade was on the table to begin with, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that's that's how the uh, the tag works there. But to put it to say that that's what you requested, you've never heard Lamar say he wanted to play anywhere else but Baltimore. He's right. been, you know, he is Baltimore. He he is Baltimore. Right. They've done everything to build around him. So that, that was really big news because now, now this has changed, right? This relationship has changed. Right. How, do, how, do, how does Lamar Jackson go back to Baltimore now? If you'd interviewed me yesterday, yeah. you asked me this question yesterday, I would have said, Lamar Jackson's gonna wind up in Baltimore. Right, all right, exactly. This is what's gonna happen. I've been the and, same and, thing. Right? No longer. Yeah. This is changing. Yeah. Now, the next question is gonna be all right, who's in the sweepstakes here? Who steps up, right? No one was stepping up a few weeks ago, right. and granted, could this change now? Possibly, but but no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get the sense from talking to people around the league that there's going to be a team that aggressively goes for Lamar.
3: It's it's just insane to me because we know the talent he is, but again, the you know the the non-exclusive franchise tag that gives Baltimore the last chance anyway to refuse it. They can it, they can match anything.
0: Absolutely. So th- they still have. Um, they're still in the driver's seat on this. Right. Uh, They're still in control of, of, which is why you heard them say, we want Lamar Jackson to be here. We want him to be our starter. And they're always, you know, this is a top notch organization. They're always going to say the right things here. Now, pull the curtain back and have some conversations with people in the organization. I'll tell you they've been frustrated. They have been real and different people for different reasons from coaches to front office about the way this is all gone. Lamar hasn't been thrilled with not just the guaranteed money or the lack thereof, um, at the number he wants, but but some of the wording, right. the contract, things that he's looking for that they're not willing to put in there. That's not the way Baltimore does their contracts. Right. Um. So to this has you know for for a day for for three days that's supposed to be the about the competition committee making some rule changes. This is now about Lamar Jackson.
3: It is all about Lamar Jackson, and so who knows what else is going to pop up while we're here, right? <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers too, right? You, yeah, got, you, exactly. you, you have
0: that, and Robert Sala today, you know. Pretty much giving off that same tone of that Aaron did a few years ago of R-E-L-A-X, you know, relax mm-hmm. everybody. Um, I didn't really get the sense that he's hitting the panic button, but at the same time, this thing isn't close to getting done from what I can gather. So right. they, they still have some work to do to, to, to finish this trade.
3: It feels like they, they negotiated it all wrong, though. They did <laughs> it out in the media. They didn't get the conversation done before they went and met with Aaron. Like I feel like they, they did this backwards.
0: I agree with you. I, I think... I, I'm sure there's more to this that we don't know. Right. I think we know a good amount, but we don't know everything of how this all came together or how it's, a, a, how it's trying to come together. Um, but I, I feel like every day the leverage changes too. You know, there, one day I feel like Green Bay has it all. One day I feel like, feel like the Jets do. Aaron coming out saying he wants to be a Jet, changed the leverage. Um, and then today we asked Robert Sala if, you know what's the backup plan? If, you, if you're not able to get this deal done, because as as much as it looks like it's going to get done, you mm. never know, right. you never know what could happen. And the fact that, well, he didn't share what it, what it was and, and I'm interested to see, I would love to know what it is, but I think, I think it would be an interesting play by the Jets to actually put it out. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know, this is just an example. Ryan Tannehill would right. be the type of player that He's we, feel like, one. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. feel like he can plug and play for us. Um, because I think what that would do is let the Packers know like look we we're, we're going to set a deadline here right and and you know let's just say for example on May 1st this has got to be done and, but they haven't done that they just said they have not made a deadline at all for this to happen because they don't want to, they don't want to ruffle feathers they want to get this deal done and get the quarterback in the facility
3: clearly feel like they messed this up. <laughs> they, they'll they find a way to get it worked out, but it clearly feel like they went about it the wrong way. Again, we're with the ESPN's Diana Rossini here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, we're here with Josh McDaniels. We are sitting around him. It's his second year now with the Silver and Black, and they have Jimmy G as the starting quarterback. How much pressure do you think that takes off of him from having to at least make sure that they prioritize the quarterback at number seven when they pick in the draft.
0: Yeah. Anytime you talk to a GM about what they're trying to build, they always say, yeah, we want a young quarterback. And if you have the luxury of having a veteran who just knows how to do the job, right. I'm not even trying to say at an elite level, Right. just simply do the job. It it changes. It takes the pressure to use your word off of a lot of the coaching and even the players, because they know they can operate and run the system that they're trying to get done. And, Everything that we've all seen and know of Jimmy. I, I don't think anyone here in you know, that's a Raiders fan is saying, Oh my gosh, we got a superstar. No. But you got an efficient quarterback mm-hmm. who's gonna be comfortable in a Josh McDaniel system, who's got that familiarity and, and has some pieces that, that I that could could work for him. So um, I think the Raiders are in a really good position here to, to find a quarterback that's the future that, that could work, but in the meantime Ha, you know, ha, have a player who, who can take care of business until, until the young rookies, yeah. you know, right. figures it out.
3: And, and my biggest concern when it comes to Jimmy G is what everyone's concern is. And that's just the injury history. I mean, he's been, been yeah. routinely injured. And so, okay, who's your backup, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and back their backup went to Denver and Jared Stidham.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was, that was a real interesting one. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, there was a, there was a really good market for Stidham. Yeah. Which, uh, I didn't realize uh, that. Me neither. I didn't realize that. Me neither. Um, until the free agency was happening and I was in touch with a lot of teams that were like, ah, oh, you know, what do you know about Stidham? We like Stidham. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. What did I miss? But good for him. I think, you know, uh, Davis Webb being the quarterback's coach in Denver is, is a, was a huge reason why mm-hmm. Stidham wound up, uh, in, in, uh, in Denver there. Um, that should Davis. I've known Davis Webb for for years. Um, he's been the, he was the backup quarterback in New York with the Giants, uh, and he's just the, you know. There's some quarterbacks around. Josh McCown is probably the last one I was around where you just know they're going to be coaches. Right, right. You right. just feel yeah. it. You yeah. just, just the way they talked, the way they explain things. Um, but I think for the Raiders now, having having some uh, having some security in Jimmy. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, look. They were going after him from the start. Everyone right. knew that they were going to wind up being the team that landed him. And, and it, it, it just makes all the sense of the world. So, some of the things in football are, are difficult to understand. Yeah. That makes sense to right, me. Right, that I right. don't go, huh, what are they thinking? Nope. Smart,
3: Right, that was a big surprise. No, it wasn't a, a shocker to anyone that Jimmy G is now the starting quarterback for the Silver and Black. So one of the questions that we asked uh, Josh McDaniels earlier was about Jalen Carter. I mean, the Raiders are picking there at seven, and his draft stock is kind of all over the place. I mean, who really knows? Would they be comfortable with taking him? And he didn't make it sound like, no, they wouldn't be. Yeah. He didn't say, yes, we would be, but it kind of felt like he left the door open. What do you think about his, his stock right now? And just who's going to pull the trigger on him? <sighs> <laughs> that side tells me all Sorry. I need to know. No, that side tells me all I need to know.
0: Yeah, no, no, because it's a big the, mystery. The, the, it's funny. I was talking to all different AFC head coaches today that are in the quarterback market in the in the upcoming draft, and you know nobody wants to show their cards right now. Of nobody, course. you know. But I didn't really get a sense from anyone that there is a player that there's that one quarterback that everyone loves. Like I remember going back to Mahomes' draft. Mm-hmm. There was like. A lot of wink-wink going on. Right. I, I remember Sean Payne, actually. He he might as well just said it. That's mm-hmm. how much he was loving up Mahomes. Really? There was just no yeah. way he was talking about him, mm-hmm. and, and he has since revealed right. how much he wanted Patrick Mahomes. And I actually think it worked against him in that draft, because I think the word did get out, if I recall, um, and, and, and and it burned him there. But that being said, I, I didn't really get a sense there's like one quarterback right now that teams are just drooling over. And, mm-hmm. and look, we've seen these pro day workouts. We're... Where, where, Organizations are sending 50 people to check out the workouts like we right. saw Carolina do. Um, but it, look, I, I do think as we're going to get close to her, I think the next three weeks, the names are going to start yeah. coming out and hitting us over the head. And, and it's going to become apparent where Vegas is going to go with that
3: gonna go with a, a quarterback or go with a a, a defensive lineman and go with i mean. i
0: i it, i mean this is me just guessing this isn't me having yeah. any conversations right. with them i i'm feeling quarterback i think yeah. this is where they're going and and then because it's what it's a need Jimmy, it's, yeah you, you have to find the answer right. there and build this and you know i know moving on from Derek hart was difficult because you are taking such a big risk at trying to find a young talented quarterback in the draft it's Every coach and GM will tell you it's the biggest challenge in football is finding the guy under center, and you just don't know. Yeah, you don't right. know how it's going to pan out. Uh, so, but I do think that this is the year they're 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 going to look for it.
3: Diana Rossini is our guest here from ESPN on Radio Nation Radio 920. and us say roughness. Just got one more question for you, and that is about the quarterback. So I feel like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young probably go one two. I don't know who's going to take what, but I feel like those are the ones. Yes. So if you have Will Levis and Anthony Richardson left, I feel like they're <laughs> they're they're good players with huge ceilings. Yes. So.
0: Who, who, uh, who brings
3: what, right? Yeah, I mean, I those, was, that's a big mystery. I was having
0: some great conversations with some coaches uh, last night. Where there was a nice little reception, and the exact conversation was happening. By the way, coaches that are not in the quarterback market, <laughs> that's right. right? Those are the ones you want to talk but to, But they're though. fun. Yeah. I love having those conversations yeah. because they're, they have nothing to lose, right? Exactly. They're not picking. Exactly. Um, you know, and Richardson just... His ceiling is so high. Mm-hmm. And and that, that was my biggest takeaway is in if, if, if I was a GM right now and I, I had a pick and and take that gamble, he seems to be the, the the player of the quarterbacks that you just named that I would go all in on just simply because of that. Nothing against Will, yeah. but just that natural talent, the yeah. things that you just can't you can't teach right, right, that you right. just bring to the to your game. Yeah, uh, you know where you are that unique things. You know, I know there's been tons of comps to who he is. You yeah. know, like Cam Newton in terms of size and uh, and look, you hear that and you think, heyday Cam, how right. do you how do you not MVP Cam. Say, oh <laughs> right, yeah, right. how do you not go? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I'm interested because look, there's there's things that that teams. S- I, remember I talked to Indy today about, you know, there are characteristics that teams are very specific about mm-hmm. and what they're looking for. And sometimes it's not the quarterback with all those talented gifts. It's things that they're doing, you know, in the meeting rooms, in the classroom, so to speak, um, in, in their learning process and their teaching process, in their ability to understand um, sometimes is a selling point. So I'm interested to see how that's all going to come together.
3: It's going to come together. We still got about a month to still talk about yes. it to see how it all shakes out. Well, finally, for you here at the owner's meeting, what's the what's the one thing that you want to come away from learning or finding out a little bit more as we leave here?
0: I, I want to find a team that's really good to take take. Have a have a serious conversation with the Baltimore Ravens and say yeah. we're interested in Lamar. Right. I want to see it. Someone's got to do it. Someone's, someone's, someone's got
3: to pull the trigger. It's
0: Lamar Jackson, everyone. What are we
3: doing? <laughs> Diana Rossini from ESPN. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. There she goes, Diana Rossini. ESPN, fantastic job as always. Funny, we wrapping up talking about Lamar Jackson, and well, the man of the hour, John Harbaugh, happens to walk right by, and so just kind of gave him the look, and he kind of gave us the look, like, yeah, it's been one of those days. Right? So. He was
4: he was on his phone, and we were, we were kind of, <laughs> like he knew what we were talking about. Yeah. He's like, yeah, who knows what that next text is going to look like <laughs> right. at this point? He's been kind of busy, a today. little bit.
1: A little,
3: little bit busy, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's what we're here for, right? We're here to find out all the information. And we're in paradise. And exactly, man. You can't really go wrong. Now, I'll tell you this, and DeMond will get a good laugh out of this. Uh, I say it all the time that uh, all Airbnbs are not created equal. <laughs> My Airbnb this time around is not as equal as the last time we were here in Phoenix. So... Um, yeah, it's not, old, huh? it's not very far away from that place, but it's far away from that place. Might as well it, be a million miles away. <laughs> right, if you know what I mean. So,
1: No lemon tree, huh?
3: No, there's an orange tree, but <laughs> that orange tree, just like I think – I don't remember if it was Raider Fish in Berkeley who hit us up on the text line, a don'tbebroke.com text line and said that just because it has an orange tree don't mean it is a good uh, place. <laughs> this got an orange tree, and it ain't the same kind of orange yeah. tree. All orange trees are not created equal either. So uh, many thanks to Diana Rossini for joining us and also, uh, of course, uh, being able to to share the thoughts of uh, what Vinny got earlier from Dave Ziegler and Mark Davis. And speaking of what Vinny got from Mark Davis and Dave Ziegler, we're going to actually talk about it next. We're going to come back. Got a little topic I want to throw out there, a little question that you can uh, respond to at 702-365-9200 and 69187 keyword R&R. We'll do that when we return. We're at the Arizona Biltmore. It's the spot of the NFL Owners Meetings 2023 and this is Radio Nation Radio 920.
4: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Never
3: getting back. We're back here on Unnecessary <laughs> Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 laughing because myself and Vinny just found out that Demon Cotton, who's back in the Finley-Cadillac Performance Studio, is going on vacation next week. We knew he was going on vacation next week, but we didn't know he was traveling the world. Right. Also, he's a world traveler. So, Demond is going where? Tennessee and Miami? Is that what he said?
4: Yeah. First of all, when he gets to Miami, we're never getting him back. I'll tell you that right now. And secondly... Um, uh, I don't
3: know if he's got enough money to enjoy Miami. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, know, I know how much we pay him.
4: Hook up with, <laughs> hook up with a nice uh, senorita. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. But, Demond, weren't you... I mean, it might have been this time last year. You were talking about, what do I need to go anywhere for? I got everything right here. You were not about traveling. Now, all of a sudden, you got the travel, which I'm glad. I, I no. I was like,
1: traveling abroad, Vinny. I remember this conversation. Abroad. I was traveling abroad, you know. Yeah, well,
4: we got to get, get you to Spain and Italy, too, now. Once you see Miami and you see um, what that's all about, you'll want to go uh, across the pond.
3: How do we just tie Miami and Spain together?
4: <laughs> He'll know why. He'll know exactly why.
3: Never mind. I stand corrected. <laughs> now I'm picking up what you're laying down. I was a little slow. And to
4: be honest,
1: if there wasn't a Vipers game this Saturday, I'd be in L.A. There. It'd be L.A. to Tennessee, the Miami. Wow. Wow. Like
3: well, like hold on. It. Let me check how much you are making. Hold on. I got to. Our what guy's what? growing up. Man, apparently, man. He's, he's yeah. he always talking about, let me, you know, Q take me out to lunch or Q take me to Joe's. Maybe he needs to be taking me to Joe's. Apparently, no, the, no. Ra-
4: apparently <laughs> the raises came in, but I didn't get that memo. Nobody told me. <laughs> I didn't get mine. Silence.
1: I didn't this. get hey, mine. Hey, we know how much I'm making. I'm sending emails <laughs> about, hey, guys, just let you know. <laughs> I, mean, I need this money. <laughs> Every penny counts. Unbelievable. But I can't well, wait. your yeah, vacation. You're going to be living it up.
3: Nice, Love it. Love nice. It, That's good. Everyone deserves a vacation. Heck a short yeah. one, not a long one, but everyone deserves a vacation. And then we got to get back on the grind. I think I'll be going at the end of June. You're going sometime in June as well. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll, we'll make it happen at some point sooner rather than later. But, again, we're here at the NFL owners' meetings and our – already had a really good conversation with Diana Rossini coming up at the top of the hour. We'll have Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. He'll join us, talk all things going on here, talk about things going on with the Raiders and how they're turning over the roster and what it looks like and what you really call it, right? I mean, because last year, Vinny, they went all in. You know, I was one of those that thought 10, 11 wins, no doubt, right? They got all this and ended up with six. Right. So, I was wrong. I have no problem. I admit it all the time. Hey, I was wrong. Now, this year, I don't know what the expectations are. A lot of people say it's a rebuild. It kind of feels like a rebuild, retool, re-something that a lot of folks aren't fans of.
4: Yeah, and, you know, I'm talking to Dave Ziegler about that, he's like Every, everybody kind of retools anyway. So you're always on the quest right. to get better, and it never stays the same anyway. You know, look at the uh, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They have to re- re- replace right off the bat a couple wide receivers right. are no longer uh, in the building. So there's always that element, re- whether you're number one or number 32. Right. Um, but, you know, there's also this. Didn't work. No, Can, no. I it didn't. mean what what I, I this is what drives me nuts about fans. Well they said this last year, okay. It didn't work. Now right. do you want to keep doing that going down that same path or yeah. try to try to do something different? Right. Like I don't get what the big issue is. All right, didn't work. Let's try to regroup and try to figure out and that doesn't mean they're giving away I, this. I think season. it's the fear. I think
3: it's the fear of, uh oh, now it's gonna be twenty years or it's gonna be uh The cycle of quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. I think that's the most concern is, uh oh, the quarterback carousel is going to start all over again, which everyone fears.
4: And I completely agree with that. But it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be like that. And I think, um, you know, and I know Raider fans say, well, that's the way it's been for all these years. And I get that and I understand it and I appreciate the frustration. But that has nothing to do with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. At all, right. And the Philadelphia Eagles showed us just a couple of years ago, you think about this, they won the Super Bowl. Then they took a slide down. Yep. They won, what, four or six games, I guess it was, a couple of years ago. Now they're back in the Super Bowl with a different quarterback and a right. different looking roster. It doesn't have to take forever. It, it, what it's dependent on is making the right decisions. Right. And we don't, you know, you can't say that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are or aren't going to make those right decisions. We just don't know. They have to. They have to be given that opportunity to make those decisions one way or another, and we've Talked about this Q at the uh, at the scouting combine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe just you know blind, stupid faith, right? <laughs> but I feel like. They're in a pretty good position to make the right decisions. I feel like they're wired correctly to make the I do right too. decisions.
3: Yeah, and I don't know why. You're you're right. I don't know exactly what the reason is why I feel like when the draft comes up, Dave Ziegler and company are going to make the right calls. Maybe because I know that he's making the final call. Yeah. And it's not someone else that's saying, okay, that's great, but no, that's who I want. Right. You know what I mean? And that's how I felt like it was with, with Gruden. And, of course, I wasn't in the room, so I don't know. But that's just how I feel. Right. You know, and so – I think that that has something to do with why I believe that Dave's going to make the right calls because at the end of the day, like he said in his opening presser, yeah, we're going to talk, we're going to discuss, but at the end of the day, it's going to be my vision.
4: Yeah, and just talking to them uh, about Jalen Carter Mm -hmm. and about they haven't made up their mind. Right. You know, they've read things, they've heard things, they've seen things, all of those types of things, which we all have, but they are open. And honest about we're gonna follow our own process to come to a conclusion. Cause Q, it might come down to it where he's there at number seven.
3: Very it's a good shot that right? he's gonna be there. A really good shot. If he gets past Seattle at five, I believe he'll be there at seven. Right. Seattle's the one it's it's funny, I, I hate that I do this to Seattle, but that's the one squad that I look at and say, they'll take Carter, they could take Richardson. They could say, you know, what I mean, right. like they might take Gonzalez. You know, what I mean, it's just like I look at Seattle and always think because they're in a pretty good position. Very they're much. They're not so. sitting at number five because they were a terrible team. They're sitting at number five because of trade.
4: Now, I do think they're playing a little gamesmanship with the quarterbacks because Pete was like, oh, this when they when they re-signed um, Gino. Uh, Gino. Yep. He's talking about, hey, this doesn't take us out of the quarterback world. We're all about that world. And then Gino comes out. Hey, I'll I'll, I'll coach up a young quarterback. It felt to me like Pete said, hey do me a favor, yeah. say this about the quarterbacks. Letting other teams know, hey, they might be interested in a quarterback, right. and creating a trade scenario. So I don't know how much. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think it, it was like It was just too that. conspicuous. Yeah, that's true. That Gino was saying what he was saying. Now, he's a good dude, so I would expect him to say that anyway. Yeah. But I was like, huh. I wonder how much of that is just trying to tell you to,
3: what, I wouldn't say that after the career he's had and only finally have one good year and be hey Q, can you coach this guy? Hell no. Right. I just arrived.
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm not so trying to coach someone. Coach that myself. <laughs> I'm not
3: trying to coach someone up right. to take my job already. Exactly. Give but me you, a
4: couple years, coach. But you're right. You're right. I think that is a wild card, uh, right. and especially as it relates to Jalen Carter. And look we all get the, the recent history and we understand that and there's no lack of um Cognizance of what's happened uh, in Las Vegas. But Jalen Carter has nothing to do with that situation. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels had nothing to do with it. I mean, really, the only – and if we're being honest, the only uh, connection that the Raiders have to that was that they were Henry's employers. But that's it. He wasn't on their dime. He wasn't coming, going, anything. It was nothing related to the Raiders at all. And so – you have to think about that when you're thinking about making a decision, and it's a, it's an important decision. But I think they're going to let their process of who Jalen Carter is as a prospect, as a person, as a risk, as a not, not yeah. a risk, and, and whatever that decision is, they're going to be fine with it, whether it's he's not on our board – or we would seriously consider him at 7. They're going to let that process guide them to that decision.
3: Well, Coach McDaniels actually answered that question uh, when you ask him about it, and you'll hear that, uh, that answer to that about 3.30. So about an hour from now, you'll actually hear uh, Coach McDaniels address what uh, was said about Jalen Carter or what he thinks about Jalen Carter as it is right now, present day, March 27th. Not not April 27th, not the first day of the draft, but March 27th. So I did want to throw this question out there. We'll yep. actually start with Demon Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio doing a fine job. As always, we do appreciate him. Want to throw the question out there. Radio Nation, we'd love to hear from you at 69187, keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. And then our listener line as well, seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. 9200 Again, Albert Breer joins us coming up at 3 o'clock. So what question... Mm-hmm or questions would you like answered from Coach McDaniels, who we talked to earlier, GM Dave Ziegler, who Vinny talked to, and also owner Mark Davis coming out of the owners' meetings the next couple days here in Arizona. So you let us know what questions you would like answered. I had three that I dropped on my podcast today, but I'd love to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200, and our com text line 69187, keyword r So, again, we'll start with Damon, who's back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio What's the questions you'd like answered, my man?
1: All right, one for Coach McDaniels. What is Jimmy Garoppolo going to do better in your offense that Derek Carr couldn't? Hmm. Because I think think we know that, hey, you guys have the chemistry, but what exactly do you have the faith in he's going to be better at quarterbacking in my offense than Derek? Just give me the actual specific answers. For Dave Ziegler, how many starters do you need to draft this year for the defense? I mean, because not like, hey, nice quality players. Right. I think that this team, they need starters. They need alphas. Draft. Yeah, need exactly. Alphas. So how many do you think you need in this year's draft? Okay. And for Mark Davis, how long do those two have if we're going <laughs> to consider this year, a, hey, we're just going to go out and try hard year? Because I think that's what we're all thinking. This, this is definitely not a Super Bowl contending year. So if we're all going into the season with that mindset, how much longer do these two have?
3: All right, good stuff. And, Vinny, I'll, I'll pass the torch on to you. I believe you asked Coach McDaniels earlier about what Jimmy G, what a Jimmy G-led offense looks like. So uh, what were your thoughts on, on what DeMond asked?
4: Yeah, uh, I go right to the red zone uh, with Jimmy G. And uh, you look at his numbers in the red zone um, compared to his contemporaries. I think over the last however many years for quarterbacks that had 200 or more attempts in the red zone, throwing attempts in the red zone, his quarterback rating is 100.9, mm. which is I think eighth among 38 yeah. quarterbacks in wow. the NFL that okay. qualify. Yeah, and not to throw anybody out on the bus, but uh, Derek Carr was eight. I think had a passer rating of 89, and he was like 34th or in the 30s. Oh wow, among those that's quarterbacks. huge. So you know when 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 you look at there has to be some, there's a correlation there, right? Like you, it's no, Jimmy, there's definitely something there. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. so I think um, I think that. Right there, the, the uh, uh, more efficiency in the red zone, in mm-hmm. those money situations, uh, that that really sometimes determine games. And as Josh McDaniels talked. What are they? What the competition committee tell them today? Again, and this is a, a, a reiteration year after year after year. Guess what? The NFL is about close games, yep. and they're getting more closer by the minute, by right. the season. Every year, there's a bunch of close games, and so how do you win those close games? You maximize your opportunities in the red zone. You prolong drives. You're good on third downs, uh, both offensively and de- defensively. It's those it's those areas of the game that win and lose games. Turnovers, obviously. But if he could perform better in the red zone, which I think he could, that would make a big difference.
3: Okay, that's uh, that's you know interesting. I think just with the familiarity of right. McDaniel's offense, I think it's going to open up the playbook a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah. Now again, everyone's got to master it, and that's why you know I look at the assignment of Jacoby Myers as a big one because yes. he knows where he's supposed to be. He knows uh, exactly what he's supposed to do: make the catch. He's going to secure the ball, and then whatever he gets afterwards is is gravy. He's not a burner. Devontae's not a burner, but the ball will get out of the hands of Jimmy quick, and then they'll go from there. So, uh, again, with me, it's always going to be the same thing when it comes to Jimmy. He's just got to stay healthy. True. Right? That's, that's always going to be my big hang-up with him, and I hate to make it sound like a broken record, but that's just kind of yeah. what it is. As far as Dave Ziegler and what DeMond asked, you know, about how many starters, I'll go ahead and start with this one. I think when you look at what they have, the 12 draft picks, we know that they're not going to draft 12 guys and go to camp with. I think you have to at least come out with three starters, at least out yeah. of this
4: draft. Now, are you talking about,
3: I'm talking about. Day, I'm talking about September. Three of these dudes are starting. Three, three, three of these starters. dudes are starting in September, mm-hmm. no doubt. Oh, we got Deshaun, superstar.
4: <laughs> so there he is. There's a starter right there. There's a starter. All the is, time. What did, uh, yeah, what did hey. coach say? He's a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he could cover too, out of the back. There you go. Um, I did ask Dave Ziegler that, and uh, it was interesting. He was like, "It's it's it's hard to ask a general manager how many starters do you want to come about. It. I mean, they're not going to." get all um, exact on you, you know. But Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say this. Uh, You know, he wouldn't go there in terms of the actual number of starters. Right. And I didn't really expect him to. But he understands that there's a foundation that needs to be laid with this draft Mm -hmm. and especially with some of these positions of need. But when you do look at DeMond, the fact that they've got four picks in the top 100, five in the top 109. Yep. I'm with you, Q. You have to come up with three day one starters and probably a few guys – um, that are going to be part of your future down the line. And right, I, for sure. I I expect all 12 to somehow, some way, if that's how many they end up with, it could yeah. end up be 13, 14, right. too, somehow, some way stay in your building, like whether it's on the actual roster or mm-hmm. the practice roster. Right. Well, yeah.
3: everybody from their draft last year yeah. stayed. Right. And, and, and then undrafted free agents exactly. stayed. Exactly. So there's something to that. I'll say this. I mean, again, I don't know if they. I don't believe they will use all 12 draft picks. I think they'll package a couple. Oh, I got you. And move around. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: But same here. Yeah.
3: You know, I think that that's and that means that you could target guys. Right. So that means that you feel even better about that player.
4: And I'm going to say this too. Um, I think the Raiders right now are really excited about having this many draft picks. Mm -hmm. Um, But you want to get to a point. This is where the Raiders really want to get to. It's going to be hard to make the damn team. You want to build a roster right. that's so good that, like, right now, we're, we could see a path to 12 dudes making the team. Mm-hmm. Um, is that where you want to be as a roster? Hell no. Right. You want to be where, hey, you're going to have to earn your place on this team. And right now, I don't think – I, I mean, I, it's something I don't think. I know they're not at that point yet, but right. that's the goal is to get there.
3: No doubt. No doubt. And then the final question that DeMond had was for Mark Davis, MD. Another guy that you talked to, and you know, basically, what does it what does it have to look like this year in order to make sure that the plan, as it is in air quotes, continues to roll on, right? I mean, they can't just go out there and stink it up, right? I mean, yeah. and I don't know what the record would be, but in my opinion, it's got to. It's it, you've got to be able to see the vision. You got to see the improvement. You got to see a better understanding of the the whole team concept in general.
4: I think yes, exactly, and I think the better way to ask that to, to say that is we probably know what it can't look like. Right. Like that's if that's, that's a good point. If it's complete absurdity, you know um, where guys are running into each other and they're, just, I mean, even Mark Davis said to me, he's, you know, as, as, as poorly as maybe the defense was and you know, how far they, that side of the ball is, they played nine close, nine of their 11 losses were by one score or less. So he, he literally said it wasn't like we were a bad, bad right. or far, far away, you know? So, um, I, I, you know, there, there was still a competitive nature to that Raider team last year. I think moving forward, they, st- they obviously have to remain competitive and start winning some of those close games. But I don't think that it's going to be determined by the record unless it's a one in sixteen, three. Right. 13 I mean, if it just looks year. terrible, that it's right. like, all right, you,
3: you know, we you, should
4: know it when we see it right. if on the bad side of things. But if they are showing progress, if they do come up with three starters, if some of the free agents that they sign are clicking and hitting and flashing, if Jacoby Myers turns out to be a really wise uh, decision, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well, uh, then, then I think that and, – and, and like you said, earnest progress. If we're seeing that, we should be able to detect that one right. way or another. Then I think that Mark Davis is – prone and positioned and willing to give these guys the necessary time. I don't think he's I don't think he's itching to pull any kind of a plug at right. all he wants it's the opposite of that
3: yeah no doubt he wants to have that that long-term uh front office he wants to have that uh you know cohesiveness uh consistency all that all that good stuff i mean that's and that's what good organizations do heck yeah they all stick together for quite a while so we'll see so uh, good questions demand we do appreciate that but we want to hear from you 702-365-9200 also our com text line is 69187 keyword rnr what would you like to learn what would be the questions that you would ask to not only Coach McDaniels, not only GM Dave Ziegler, but also owner Mark Davis coming out of the owner's meeting. What would you like to learn? Again, 702-365-9200. do broke.com. Text line is 69187, keyword r This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
3: 252 is the time. We're here at the owner's meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. The Arizona Biltmore, to be exact. Vinny Bonsignor, your boy Q, and Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac performance studio, The question that I threw out there on the don't text line. And also the fault line is what question would you like answer from coach McDaniels, Dave Ziegler and owner Mark Davis and, uh, between the two of us, we've talked all three. So, <laughs> yeah. Vinny, Vinny has done the heavy lifting, but uh, I've been along for the ride, and we've been uh, having a good time here so far, and it's still early. Uh, got a lot of activities going on later this evening, then tomorrow we'll be very busy as well. So, again, what question would you like answered from Coach McDaniels, GM Dave Ziegler, and owner Mark Davis? On the Don'tBeBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and Jim from Yonkers said, I would ask what their plans are for backup quarterback. Do they plan on bringing in any veterans for a workout? Thank you for a great show. What do you think?
4: Yeah, a uh, very interesting question. I did talk to Dave Ziegler about that, and I think they prefer a young guy. Okay. Um, and and it, I got
3: that sense from Coach McDaniel's <clears throat> when we talked to him earlier right, too.
4: Exactly. Not to say that they won't bring a veteran in. Right. Uh, and a lot of that's going to be after the draft uh, to see what was available to them in the draft. All of that, you know. And then you sort through what other options might be out there beyond that. But here's the thing: I I, I talked to Dave about this. You know, obviously the Raiders are knocking on wood that that Jimmy G stays healthy. The, the, right the, this year, which is dangerous. <laughs> right, right. It's a
3: dangerous game to play. <laughs> I know exactly,
4: and history suggests. Right. Otherwise. Yep. Right. Yep. But if you get a young quarterback uh, in place, mm-hmm. if you're going to look at it from a positive standpoint, which you always have to make the best of whatever the situation might be, that's just the nature of life in football. By having a young quarterback, does that help expedite their um, their their, their uh, progress right. and their development? If Jimmy gets injured and you got to play the young quarterback, um, so it might be—I wouldn't say a blessing in disguise at all—but right. I'm saying you might have the young quarterback in there, uh, and then you know because of what might happen in Jimmy G, maybe he gets on the field a little bit uh, earlier, and that helps his long-range development.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of different possibilities, but I'll tell you, I got that sense when yep. we talked to Coach McDaniels. Uh, matter of fact, I asked him about the backup quarterback yeah. position, and uh, yeah, it just it seemed like he was comfortable with having a younger dude slide in there. And I was really shocked that Jared Stidham wasn't uh, retained. I was surprised that he's not going to be the backup quarterback for every reason that we've talked about. Yeah. Just because we know that we see Jimmy G getting hurt more times than I,
4: I got a question about that for you. Yep. If you're Jared Stidham, is the psychology of coming back to the Raiders to be the backup after you started the last two games a little bit too much to overcome? You'd almost be okay with going someplace else and being a backup quarterback right. – rather than the place that you had a feeling you might end up being the starter on.
3: Yeah, I think that that plays a little bit of a role into it. I also think that he just saw the writing on the wall and knew what was going down. Yeah. You know, like, hey, this is the plan. And they probably respectfully told him what the plan was. Yeah, And he probably was offered more money. But something that Diana Rossini pointed out earlier today when we got a chance to talk to her was that there was a pretty good market for him. And I didn't think that that was going to be the case. Right. I told anybody who would listen that he's more valuable to the Raiders than he is anyone else. So... You know, he must have earned some extra money in those two games. And I guess hats off to the Raiders for allowing him to have that opportunity. Uh, They also wanted to save money by not having Carr out there. But he went out there and and proved that he could be a quarterback in the league, and now he's got to prove what kind of quarterback. Right. So there's that opportunity. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Thank you. Hopefully, you guys are doing good. Uh, I got yes, a quick sir. question for you guys before my other questions. Uh, do you guys know if Hendon Hooker is going to be throwing at the NFL Combine uh, for Tennessee March thirtieth?
3: I doubt it, and I only say that because he's not healthy yet. He's right. not one hundred percent healthy, and so I, w- I would not think that he would go out there and throw at their uh, at their pro day.
4: Yeah, uh, I I haven't heard that he will uh-huh. be uh, yet. I know he wants to, uh, but right. obviously he's got to do what's right. Yep. Uh, by by him um, now. There's also as the as the uh, in the in the days leading up to the draft, the weeks leading up to the draft, you have your 30 visits. Yeah. So I would imagine that Hendon is going to uh, be, be making his way out to Las Vegas at some point. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. So I don't. I you know, and and you know, what, talking to to people that that gauge the quarterbacks, it's great to see them throw on their pro days. Mm-hmm. But you got film to really watch, right. to look at. I guess the only thing that would be different is – He looks
3: like a hell of a quarterback. Man. Right,
4: exactly. You know, if there were some glitches in his delivery on film, has he corrected them by the time he threw at his pro day or, right. or at the combine? Um, so it's not – I mean, it, it would be – I would like to see it, but right. I don't think it's going to be pivotal in terms of his evaluation. Nice. There's enough film of him.
3: What else you got for
2: us, okay, Hardcore? Right on. All right, so all right, I, I don't want to be greedy. I'll make it quick. i got three questions. One is just, uh, you know, what the coaching staff or the uh, Dave Ziegler – uh, if they see anything and and Hooker and what they like about them. Uh, second would be how can they like how can they utilize Hunter Renfro better? I said early in the season, don't clip Hunter Renfro's wings. I don't feel like the coaching staff and their scheme uh, was the best fit for Renfro. I know he was hurt, but I just want to see how they can get more production out of Renfro. And then the last one, you know, the Raiders need a sideline reporter. So my question <laughs> is, when are they going to promote Q? And, uh, have him be a sideline reporter on Sunday. So thank you. I've been waiting for that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's
3: got my vote. I've been, I've been trying to uh, throw my name in the hat for that one, too, for anybody who'll listen. So uh, when I see uh, Mark Davis walking around here, I'm going to pass the word on.
4: There you go. You know what's interesting about Hooker? Um, about, uh, you know, because the, the offense that he ran, at uh, it was kind of that Baylor offense. You know, yeah. and, but think about it. When, when Josh was talking about uh, Jimmy G, he, he came from a no-huddle, yeah, read it at the line of scrimmage. There's no playbook, right? So, um, and and Albert Breer, uh, you know, has t- touched about on, on this when he's written about it. Look, you know, there's there's a chance to get a young quarterback and develop him like you're, the way you want to develop him. He's right. not even like the offense that he played. You're able to just kind of take it from ground zero, and right. that's why I think a quarterback like that makes a lot of sense for the Raiders, especially coming from the offense that he uh, played, where now he's going to get taught to play quarterback um, at, at this kind of a level from somebody that's done it pretty well. And we, I, look, Q, I know we, we always focus on uh, the Denver situation. Right. There's been a lot of pretty decent quarterbacks at the Patriots, and he was a part of that, mm-hmm. drafted and developed into some pretty good players over the years beyond just a guy by the name of Tom Brady.
3: Well, our guy, Brandon Cristal, is right across from us. Don't let that Denver influence over you. He's got that Denver influence. He's right across from us, man. we (laughs) got to be careful. Brandon, start flexing on us. (laughs) We don't don't need no flexing,
2: Brandon. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. (laughs) Take it
3: easy. We're here at the owner's meeting. Thank you, Hardcore, for that call. We do appreciate you. We'll get back to more of your calls.